I've been running for so long that I forgot that my body is even moving. I'm running, yet dreaming of the race being over. My entire body is thirsting for the moment where I can finally stop. While the thought of resting transports me into my wildest dreams, it also brings me to my wildest fear. It takes me to the height of a bad dream when I'm drenched in sweat, heart racing at a speed that doesn't even feel possible, hands eagerly checking my body, ensuring there's no blood scars or cuts. The nightmare is frightening. You don't feel the fear until your eyes open, until the dream is over. If I keep running, I don't have to feel all of the pain. If I keep running, yes, I'll grow weary and tired, but at least I won't have to face what's at the end. If I keep running, I don't have to feel all of the pain, at least not at once. But the moment I stop, I must face everything. Welcome to another episode of Rethinking Manhood, your favorite podcast where we talk about unlearning patriarchal masculinity, we share stories, and hopefully we grow and heal together. So some of you may or may not have noticed that there was not an episode that was released last week. When I made the decision to not release an episode, I thought about ways that I could cover up this mistake. When I say mistake here, I'm thinking about my own poor planning and procrastination. I had an idea and I was like, I'll see if anyone notices and says anything. And if nobody says anything, we're golden. And if people do say something, if people reach out, I'm going to make up something about rest and resistance and something of that sort. And while an episode about rest, which is this episode, was part of my cover up. I now realize how divinely necessary this episode is and how relevant it is to where I am in my life. I record and write this episode as I am currently taking a vacation from work. In the planning of this episode, I quickly realized that my inability to truly rest is also very much influenced by the patriarchy and what society has taught me about what it means to be a man and masculine person. Patriarchy, a social system where men hold dominance and power, not just institutionally or corporately, but also intellectually. Now, patriarchy, power, dominance, and feminism are words that make men uncomfortable or words that are just a little uncomfortable for a lot of men. Mostly because we have been misinformed about what power and privilege in a society actually means. Collectively, we have took the phrase privilege or privileged and use it as a label to other and categorize people. Privilege and identity and really any issue in this world is complicated. And while I think that can be frustrating for us at times, I also think one way that we truly resist patriarchy is by acknowledging the complexity and or gray in things. Patriarchy and white supremacy work to make everything black and white, right or left, masculine or feminine. Ignoring that we usually do not fit perfectly into any of these boxes. Privilege in many ways shows up like a ghost. 
I ain't talking about Casper. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I hope y'all thought that was funny because I laughed. So <laughs> it shows up as something that's always there and always present. But we don't actually realize that it's there until some really weird stuff starts happening or some really extreme stuff starts happening. Privilege has that kind of effect on us. We don't notice it until we become aware of it. And even when we become aware of it, it still does not stop our access to unearned power and privilege in our society. Well, what does this have to do with rest? A lot. It goes back to what we believe is the role and responsibility of a man. While men benefit from the power and privilege that a patriarchal system grants them, men are also deeply harmed by the expectation that patriarchy places on them. Take a second and think about this question. When you think of a real man or a real masculine person, what do you think of? Get an image in your head if you can. Think of some personality traits. Think of a person if you uh, a person that can represent this image. Maybe it's a family member, a celebrity, or maybe it's yourself. But take some time to think about what is a real man or real masculine person. I imagine most of us probably came up with similar things. I imagine we, in our mind, said something like a real man is a strong man, physically able to do the heavy lifting in the house from heavy boxes to heavy shelves to heavy equipment. A real man pays on dates, period. Not just the first one, but every date. A real man pays bills and is the financial head of the household. A real man has facial hair or they're completely bald. Maybe that's the one exception. One or the other, have facial hair or be bald. A real man works hard. A real man never goes without having a job. A real man clocks in early, never late, and will work overtime as much as possible. A real man makes money and will do whatever it takes to get it. Even if that means coming home late or not coming home at all, there is money to be made. A real man knows how to fix and put things together. He knows how to build things, knows how to use a hammer, how to drill holes, and how to fix cars. I wish I could see every listener's face when reading these things. Because if we're being honest with ourselves, while some of these things may seem very extreme, some of y'all were listening to the list and I'm pretty sure you rolled your eyes literally every time I said a real man. Because I was rolling my eyes at myself. And I also imagine some of y'all snapped your fingers and was like, yes, yes, pay the bills. Now, for some of us, these norms may seem obviously out of date. And I I don't say obviously as I, I don't say that in a way to look down on people who may see this as like up to date. You know, in my mind, I would say it makes sense that you see it that way because you have been taught to see it that way. Um, But I think sometimes like we forget that like these norms are still very real and present. Um, They've just taken on some new forms. Evidence that these expectations still exist can also be found in how we capitalize off of these expectations that lead to the insecurities of many men. 
the countless amount of men on steroids or other enhancement-based drugs, the amount of men buying products and using chemicals to stop hair loss or to try to fix a patchy beard, the amount of men entering into business and information technology, the amount of men incarcerated because they were trying to make money. Long story short, what it means to be a man or masculine person in a patriarchal context is to work until you cannot work anymore. Yo, quick question for you. Something like writing down some things, I'm trying to gather some ideas. For you personally, when you think about what it means to be a real man, like what do you typically think of? Real man? That's what am I recorded again? Baby. What the f- you're so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I would say respectful. I think respect comes um, comes first. I feel like someone that's able to provide, um, and I think providing on like multiple different aspects like not just financial but like you're able to provide I think stability hmm. security um, emo- emotions my gosh um, yeah and then like financial and like those things I think I think being a real man at least from like a woman that dates men like I would want someone that just like makes me feel secure like I don't have to question things. Um, a, a real human being, like somebody that actually can be tough and macho and whatever the fuck else they need to be, but then also have emotions like a real person and can be empathetic and you know, I don't know. That's a good question. What is a real man? It doesn't exist, for there is not one way to be a man. If you are a man, you are real. You are breathing alive. That's what makes you real. July 7th, 2016. Dear God, I woke up this morning not knowing how to feel. I woke up this morning feeling tired, tired of hurt, tired of pain, tired of people, just tired. The unfortunate thing about this tiredness is it just feels like it will never go away. Honestly, I'm scared. I found that letter in my journal and I instantly felt grief in my heart. I was grieving for the intensity of the tiredness that I felt in that season of my life and grieving for the reality of how I was feeling that same level of tiredness a week ago. I was having a conversation with a spiritual mentor. We talk a lot about holding a marginalized identity within a dominant religion, at least dominant in the U.S. In this conversation, we were discussing the challenge of keeping a Sabbath. Biblically speaking, the Sabbath is the seventh day of the week on which the children of Israel were to rest in remembrance that God created the universe in six days and then rested on the seventh day. Having a day of rest sounds great and it feels great, but there's something about that that feels so unattainable. 
especially on a weekly basis? How can I find one day of complete and absolute rest in a world that constantly requires me to be connected, a world where we work 40 hours a week, five days a week, have to make time for friends, for family, then we also have to find time to accomplish our personal goals, we have to do homework, all of the things. And it doesn't feel possible. And maybe it's not. This mentor said something that stunned me. He said that we were all created with limitations and that that's a beautiful thing. At first, I didn't get it. (laughs) He then went on to explain that the limitations of our body remind us that we cannot do everything. There's a reason why our body needs eight hours of sleep, a reason why we can't survive without food and water. Imagine what our worlds would be like, what our lives would be like if we didn't need sleep. Now, some of y'all got excited by that possibility. But the reality is, is that if we did not need sleep, all that would do was increase the amount of time that we work or be productive. How are you listening to the limitations of your body? What are the signs that your body gives you to let you know? That it needs rest. The sky's the limit sounds beautiful. But sometimes I think I'd rather be grounded instead. Trisha Hersey in her book Rest is Resistance says, You must resist anything that doesn't center your divinity as a human being. You are worthy of care. Patriarchal masculinity pushes men to constantly prove how real or how much of a man they are. We see this in the way that men talk about sex, their bodies, and the way that they talk about work. Patriarchal masculinity is tied and connected with the concept of performance. Masculinity itself is largely based on how we perform in society to be acknowledged and accepted as a man. Until we learn how to take off our mask, our understanding of masculinity can easily lead us to burnout. There's a quote that I've always heard in passing that I've loved It says, if you get tired, learn to rest, not to quit. What's always made this quote so real for me is the reality that our weariness and our tiredness interferes with our ability to perform tasks that require logical reasoning or complex thought. When we're moving through the world tired and burnt out, it is hard for us to think and make rational decisions. Growing up, I remember how resistant everyone was to taking breaks in relationships. This was like the big conversation in junior high. And I remember a lot of people would say, if we need a break, then we'll need to be together. Also, I am a lot of people. I have said those exact same words. I mean, I think this has been my belief for a really long time. And only in this moment am I actually reexamining this belief. But when we think about it, I wonder if there is some wisdom in taking breaks. Now, look, y'all, I'm not a relationship or marriage counselor, and I am not giving y'all any advice. I'm not giving y'all any advice. But I am here pulling from the reality that sometimes we can get so overwhelmed with our thoughts, our feelings, our frustrations and anger that we become unable to love people in a way that they deserve to be loved. In these cases, what if we did give our relationships space for breaks? What if we gave people space to gather themselves, to reassess their values, their beliefs, 
and for them to come back with a better understanding of who they are and what they need. When we know we're tired and we're resisting rest, I think we need to get curious about ourselves, our stories, and the things that we may be fearing to face. I'm not a father or a husband and have actually never lived fully with a romantic partner. But I have read many blogs and listened to the stories of husbands and fathers and folks in relationships. And a common thing that comes up is often the ways in which work can be used as a way of avoiding going home and facing their families and or partners. This doesn't always happen like super intentionally. From the stories I've been graced with, it doesn't sound like people at work say, sure, I'd love to, you know what, new project, let me take that on so I don't have to go home and see my partner. But maybe the thought is living more deeply in the heart. And what lives in the heart, even if it's something deeply rooted or hidden, has a way of showing up in our everyday lives. Some of my most tiring years of my life were my four years of college. My worst one being my junior year and maybe like the end of my sophomore year into the junior year. Above the surface, I'd like to think that I was kind of seen as a star student. I did great academically. I held respected leadership positions on campus. I maintained some pretty great relationships and I knew how to give life to rooms. I was a hype man. (laughs) I knew how to turn up every room that I walked into. But I was thirsty for opportunity and for moments to be highlighted and seen. Uh, Similar things that in my work with students, I I see their desire for these same things. And, you know, when I when I reflect on what my intentions were, maybe my intentions were wanting to make the most out of a limited experience. Maybe I was doing what we tell college students to do before they even learn where their classes are. We can't wait to tell students to get involved and to join organizations and find leadership positions. Maybe I was just genuinely passionate and not knowing how to find a balance between that passion and self-care. Maybe it was all these things. I try not to live in binaries. Instead of it's this or that, I've learned to acknowledge that it's probably a little bit of this and a little bit of that mixed in with some of this and some of that. A key piece of my overworking was the way that I was able to hide how bad I was actually doing internally. On the inside, I remember a season where I was very, very, very depressed. And I knew that the more time I had to myself, the more I would feel what I was actually feeling. I made the worst decisions often when I was completely alone. Because in those moments of being alone, the distraction of class of board meetings and events weren't present. By the way, I'm not saying distractions are bad. Remember, we're resisting this this binary that it's this or that. You know, it's definitely, you know, a yes and type of approach. Distra- distractions can actually be very helpful sometimes. So I'm not saying don't find distractions. Honestly, I'm just telling my story. And while sometimes I believe distractions kept me alive and kept my head above water, I also think they left me very stagnant. Eventually, I had to learn how to talk through my feelings 
in order to put them into context. I probably made the worst relational, sexual, mental, and physical decisions of my life during this time of avoiding rest. While re-examining and reimagining our beliefs of masculinity is a helpful step in us creating a better world in which we are invited to care for our human bodies and our soul, it's not going to be enough. We also need to rethink systems and redesign the entire workplace for the sake of humanity. Our places of work and institutions want us to rest just so that we can do more, so that we can perform better, and essentially do what they want us to do. The Nat Bishop of the Nat Ministry, Trisha Hersey, says it like this. We are not resting to recharge so we can do more. We are simply resting because it is our divine and human right. We are absolutely entitled to rest because our body literally needs it to survive. So what do we do when a capitalist, white supremacist, patriarchal society, a society that has and is still dehumanizing and enslaving people to profit off of their labor? Well, we rest. Sounds overly simple. (laughs) The purpose of this episode isn't to tell you how you should rest to give you a list of tips and tricks and best practices. It is to remind you that you actually need to rest. Most of the timelines that we live by are timelines that are socially constructed. There actually is no timeline for finishing school. You finish it whenever you finish. There's no timeline for finding a new job, for being promoted, for buying a house, for having children, for getting married. That timeline is up to you. Sometimes I think we get so caught up in the what if that it stops us from giving us the rest that we need. If life has taught me anything, it's taught me that there are many ways to get to a destination. Dear men and masculine folks, patriarchy has taught us that masculinity and manhood is about power, control, and ownership. Because of this, sometimes we find ourselves in a never-ending cycle of doing whatever it takes to Make more money, have more power, and have more control. This thirst for power, control, and ownership will never be quenched. While, yes, it's great to have financial goals, we have to see this as being different from our thirst for power and control. We have been forced to live under a stereotype that our worth and value is tied in being a provider or breadwinner. Regardless of how much money you make or how little or how much you are able to give, your worth and value is not tied to that. If you self-identify as a provider, 
I want you to know that that's not limited to providing financially. For you can be a provider of many things. And I challenge you on this day and during this week to be a provider to yourself. Provide yourself love, care, nurture, and space for yourself to heal, grow, and love. Provide yourself acceptance and affirmation. Dear men and masculine folks, rest is essential. It's a part of your well-being. So screw the timeline, screw the deadline, and screw the patriarchy. Beloved and worthy human being, take the break. Take the rest. Not to do more, but simply because it is your human right. You are loved beyond measure by me and so many others. Love your cousin, your friend, your internet homie that you've never actually met in person, your brother and advocate. Rethinking Manhood. Thank you for listening to another episode of Rethinking Manhood. Every listening, follow, share, and repost means so much to me. I was gone for one week because I needed to prioritize my well-being, but know that I missed you all so much. While I don't even see every listener or actually engage in one-on-one conversations, I think of you, whoever you are or whoever you may be, every time that I write an episode. So know that someone has been thinking of you today, the week before that, and will continue to this week. Don't forget to tune in next Tuesday for a super special and fun episode with two of my friends, Josh and Billy. We'll be talking about patriarchy and friendship. We recorded this episode maybe like three weeks ago. And there's just so it's so hard editing it because there's so much rich conversation in it. So it'll be ready by next week. Um, so please tune in and check it out. Also subscribe and follow us on Instagram at rethinking manhood to stay connected. I love you all endlessly. Peace.